Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios in Atlanta, it's time for On the Money, presented by Embassy National Bank. Now, here's your host, Joe Moss. Hi, everybody. This is Joe Moss, and you are listening to On the Money, uh, brought to you by Embassy National Bank, and we're the show that will help you as a small business person uh, do much better in your business. Uh, Embassy, as you know, is all about helping small business, and um, so we we like to talk about different strategies and um, things that we've heard and get professionals on to help you through some of the things they've seen done well and some of the failures that they've seen as well so that you don't necessarily have to make all those. And today, uh, we have a really good guest, Marie Fratoni, who is from Get Clients Everywhere. Marie, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the coaching that she does with small business because she's got a lot of experience in that area. And um, we're going to hear about uh, some of the things that she's seen done right and some of the things that she's seen not done so well. So uh, before we get into that, Marie, why don't you tell us about your company and, and what you do, what your focus is, and, and uh, where you think you excel? Well, thank you. Well, Get Clients Everywhere is a company that provides coaching and education training to the entrepreneur. Uh, we work globally um, and have a nice business locally as well. And uh, we really help uh, entrepreneurs build a solid foundation for their build, uh, for their business so that they can really have predictable long-term income, sustainability, mm-hmm. um, and have work with the best clients so that they can really live the life that they wanted to do as an entrepreneur. Okay. So you help more the individual as opposed to the business? Is that what your target is, to help the individual? Yes. I mean, many many times the businesses are the individual. You know, they're the service provider or the mm-hmm. content provider for that. They don't work with large teams or big staff. Oh, I have been able to do that quite because my background is in corporate training and development and worked with very large management associations. So I've been in the training and coaching business for a long time. So with big companies, small companies. So um, let's, let's talk about someone who is um, – uh, basically going to make the decision to start their own business or maybe buy something um what kind of what kind of strategies do you see them employ and what's what are some of the things that you've seen done right and things maybe done not so right well i think most times the people that i work with they're following somewhat of an interest or a passion uh they might have actually been working on their business as a hobby for many years while they were in corporate America and enjoying that. Uh, And then they either might have been, you know, right-sized or downsized, or as we say, um, Mm capsized, and really had the necessity to be able to go off on their own. So now they have the opportunity to be able to really put the focus and the, the, the energy into, you know, building it. So they could go from a hobby business, if you will, let's say a photographer, or let's say uh, to really doing some things and really developing new markets where they could really start to achieve success that they had never really thought of while they were in the hobby business mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be one area. And I think that a lot of times people, when they're starting a business, um, I don't work with very many franchisees. That's not an interest of mine. Um, but uh, I know people that that's where they excel and that's where they do their business. But I'm more interested in really making sure that um, 
you know, people have really found that there really is a business there, that mm-hmm. there is really a need, um, that people, it's priced correctly, and that people will actually buy that product or service. And I think sometimes one of the biggest mistakes is people haven't done the research to know if it's really a viable business. And then they're, they're stuck in there wondering, how can I make this work? When if they had done some of the upfront thinking, researching, strategizing, um, you know, market research, that might have saved them a little bit of, you know, sweat. Yeah, and we've, we've had, it's interesting you bring that up because we've had a, uh, we had a discussion <laughs> Uh, last year sometime about whether pursuing a passion is the right reason to go into business yeah and situations where a hobby should probably just stay a hobby and not be a passion yeah so what kind of areas or or, um, different stories have you seen in that regard Oh, gosh, many. I I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I would look at that, too, and say, you know, sometimes a hobby is really good. Like, I'm a hobby watercolor painter. I promise you, there is no business there. <laughs> um, you know, it's really fun to just kind of pull out the paints and just right. play. Um, and it's fun. Um, and a couple of people have bought some paintings. So, you know, it's there. Um but I think what happens is sometimes the passion could be around healthcare or it could be around nutrition and really bringing good healthcare to people and alternatives to people. Or you know, I've worked with people that deal with um, you know parents who school who homeschool their children, mm-hmm. and they're very passionate about it. And there really is a business there. They might not quite know how to do that. So I think it's sometimes to really look at when you're doing an assessment with somebody to determine what they want for their business is what does their ideal business look like? And many times no one's ever asked them that or they've not even seen that. It's like what's their projection for themselves? You know, where do they want to be today? Where do they want to be at the end of the year? Where do they want to be in five years? And are they going to be able to sell that business off? Are they going to be able to hand it down? Um, what's their exit strategy as well to really look at all of that, you know, is, is a, a great way to work with people and get the whole of it. So someone could have a, a, a passion, uh, and, uh, but the, the passion just might be a little misdirected, I guess, from the um, uh, profitability or business standpoint. Yeah, because they're, I think what happens is that people haven't often moved and shifted the mindset to that of a CEO. They're, they're the doer, mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily the overseer that's looking and managing the financials and managing the marketing message and managing who their clients are and what are the results of that. So it takes, it takes a mindset. And, and the other difference that we've talked about in the past is the difference between a skill versus a passion. And you may have a passion, but you actually may be more skilled in another area. Yeah, like I have a passion for the arts. I love going to the theater and I love going to museums and I, you know, I love things like that. But I'm not that. I don't have the skill set in that. So right. I can relate to that. Yeah. So, um, and, and I guess the biggest mistake, I, I, some of the horror stories that I've heard, for example, is a, the passion, someone has a passion for wanting to take care of children. Yeah. So they go out and buy a daycare. Yeah. And realize... It ain't about the children. It's about managing parents. Yeah. Um, so examples like that. So how do you work through all that? What do you tell people? Well, it might not be what they're coming to me for, right. um, you know, but I think that... They want to know that everything's all good and... 
the, I think what they really want to know is, can I really build a long-term business with this? Mm-hmm. Am I going to have to worry about being an entrepreneur and having to cancel my cable, shut the lights out, mm-hmm. sell my other car, whip my kids out of uh, private school to, in order to make this work? And I think that that's a real concern that a lot of people have, both men and women. And if they've never really been in business for themselves, they know that they're really good at delivering this service. You know, I, I could take a massage therapist who's really, really good at, at knowing. I mean, they could work at, you know, a major hospital and rehab place as well as individually and have their own place. But in terms of really how do you actually get the clients on a consistent basis and how do you, how do you work so that you can make money, not kill yourself die at the end of the day, die at the end of the week, and, and still have something that's sustainable over a long period of time, that takes some thought and strategizing. That's a good point. So there's a big difference then between skill, <clears throat> a specific skill, and the ability to run a business. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's, it's the skill is the tactical day-to-day mm-hmm. kind of thing, whereas being CEO is... Uh, or the owner of a business really is like the big picture. It's the all of it. Mm -hmm. And really looking at whether it's the clients and the client's experience to um, really understanding, again, their messaging. How are they finding their clients? Where are their clients? Mm -hmm. What what hurts their clients that the clients would say, yes, I want to work with you. Mm -hmm. So we help people focus on that. Like, what are their clients saying? Um, And then once they get their client, you know, it, I have to do the same thing for myself. I have to step outside and stop being coach and start being business owner and saying, okay, what wh- what message can I give today? Mm-hmm. What, How can I write my newsletter better? How can I reach out to my clients? How can I be on a radio show such as we are on and provide value such that someone would listen mm-hmm. and, and, and take information for that? And then when I'm with a client, we get down and dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're like right there and, and looking at, you know, what they're – what their challenges are, what's the obstacles in the way, what do we need to do to obliterate those obstacles, and what do we need to do to, to make sure that I think people's programs, their pricing, and their their packages of what they do are the real essential things to really running a business, and most people don't have that. Yeah, I, that's a very, very good point. Uh, maybe very, very skilled, but not necessarily know how to run a business. Yeah. And that we're there, you got to team up with someone to make sure that yeah. doesn't happen. Big desire, big heart, want to make their impact, want to make a difference. Yep. And they just, you know, they're they're working really hard at it. And they think that uh, if they're like the hamster on the wheel and they only work harder and put in more hours, that's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't always. Sometimes it's actually step back, get off the wheel, and let's look. Right. And, and stop skilling and start thinking. Have you seen um, situations where they... they get into a business to pursue their passion and then all of a sudden their passion becomes their nightmare or no longer their passion and they wish gosh i don't have a passion anymore yeah it's like that saying been there done there that got the t-shirts yeah (laughs) yeah um sure you know i think the the people that i'm working with currently aren't there you know they're they're more in the startup mode Mm -hmm. and and really developing the foundation uh for their business but I think, sure, you know, I mean, there's been things that I've even wanted to do over the years that it was like been there, done that, gotten the T-shirt. But I was very excited um, about it at the time. And um, I think people do, you know, um, we ebb and flow in our interests. And mm-hmm. I think depending on our, our age and our community and who's in our circle, there's a lot of influences that can take place. And then some things, you know, I mean, 
I don't use my record player anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so the the world dictates that we have to reinvent ourselves over and over again. I want to get back to that. Well, you're listening to On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. This is your moderator and host, Joe Moss. And uh, we're talking with Marie Fratoni of Get Clients Everywhere, who has a, a very specific niche um, trying to help individuals make good decisions, whether they are starting a business or whether they're in a particular business. So, um, Marie, I like your niche, the fact that uh, you, you, you help the individual and then, therefore, that will help the business. Um, the, um, do you ever get involved with helping uh, boards or uh, groups of people maybe uh, sit down and collectively think through things? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I, I spend most of my time coaching the individuals, but sometimes many times they're part of that. And my background, I spent really many, many years doing that. I used to do a lot of team building programs for mm-hmm. organizations and organization development um, processes and events uh, to help boards strategize, think, um, and really become aware of what what their organization should start, stop, and continue um, over the long period of time. So, yeah, it's it's great rewarding work to do that. I want to talk to you about that a little bit. What, How important is team building to a successful business? Well, I think there's a lot of ways to look at team. Um, if I look at my life, I have a marketing coordinator Mm-hmm. that helps me get all my messages out and runs the newsletter and does a lot of the back office kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I have my CPA. I have my hairdresser who gets me ready for the stage. Um, I have the social media. You know, that would be a team, but they're not employees of mine. Mm-hmm. So I think many times entrepreneurs have, they have a community of people that they work with. Maybe it's a virtual assistant that might be on the other side of the country. They don't get mm-hmm. to see, but they work with pretty regularly. Right. Um, or an accounting, bookkeeping service, something like that. Um, that's, I think, the importance of team, the team that comes in to clean your house so you don't need to do that, or the team that needs to go and do whatever it is with your kids if you can't be able to do that. Um, I think you've got to handle those things because I don't know about you, but it, it's a lot to live a life today. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I just came back from a five-day trip to California, and it's like there's stuff that's got to get handled, and I was very happy to see my assistant today. Um, and get some of that, you know, mm-hmm. complete so that I could be here and be present and know that life is handled. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that can be very important. And I think we need to develop those relationships, even if we're entrepreneur and we we have people like that that support us. If we're, we could be a, an entrepreneur and we could have like a staff, you know, we could have, uh, it could be a physician, it could be a chiropractor and they've got a staff of, you know, five people or four people. That's very important to develop those relationships and really look at how do you build relationships so that um, success is present in your business no matter where you go. You know, what's the customer experience when they uh, come and be with you? Because we all know when we have a customer experience, it's not very good. Mm-hmm. It's not very good. Right, right. And that's, you always remember it, that. I was going to say it's memorable. Yeah, right, yeah, right. exactly. Um, I guess the, the, the question is in terms of building the team um, – uh, I guess it's some, there are certain things that are important. Uh, the, the mission needs to be well-known between people, the goals, the objectives. Um, I've seen situations where the team gets a little too close, and as a result, the when you have to make a change, it can be very devastating that 
a change might involve a member of the team. Yeah. Where do you draw that line? Well, I don't know if there is a draw. I don't know if there's a line to draw, uh-huh. but I do know that there's an impact for everything that we do or don't do. Mm-hmm. And I think those things need to be thought out. Um, you know, when I worked for the big management association up in the Boston area, um, you know, hiring and firing were very important issues. And for every issue of personnel in the law, um, it pertains to you know, a large institution, brick and mortar institution, as well as to an entrepreneur that may be working out of their home. Mm-hmm. So I think I think the key is probably one of the biggest things that I've seen is that people hire their friends and they hired the the right person for the wrong job or the mm-hmm. or the wrong person for the right job. And they haven't really taken a look at what does their business need. You know, we try to help people. And um you know, sometimes being a social worker is really great when you're in a social worker and you're working in the human services field. Right. But when you're an entrepreneur, doesn't mean that you can't be compassionate, doesn't mean that you can't have uh, caring and be part of a community, but you need to really look at, I mean, the purpose of the business is to transact money. Mm-hmm. If it's not doing that because of whatever it is, I think that's the piece that needs to be looked at. Um, in fact, I'm having this, I had this conversation recently with you take a person to fill a need or you identify a need or you identify the person and see where they can help in the organization? Well, I think, well, part of that's political because sometimes we can't let go of a person in the organization. They, they, could, be the, they could be the family superstar, right. you know. Um, but I, so then I think you do have to really look at what is needed in the organization, what is that person's inherent skills, and then to create a training and development plan for them mm-hmm. so that they can grow into that. Um, I think that where I think most businesses would prefer is to really look at what is the business need, what are the functions um, that really need to have in order to make this business up and running mm-hmm. and successful, and then go find the people that match that. So, you know, um, I spent probably 20 years working with companies that never had a job description. Mm-hmm. They had an idea of one, but then if this department head had an idea, it was different than that department's head. These are smart people. They just right. never did it. Right. Um, and so I think what happens sometimes is that we are trying to fill, like the work's got to get done now, so let's get somebody who can do that. And I think that's always the, you know, it's like the short-term fix for the long-term gain and, and I think sometimes there's something that's lost there. So I spent a lot of time working with big companies in the area of succession planning and really looking at who are the future corporate leaders. And I think that's something that I can, you know, really bring that experience is something that I can really bring to my current clients because they're often faced with that as they start to to get some growth. They've got to let go of certain things. So there's some work that in the area of holding on, what do they need to hold on to and manage and mm-hmm. take charge of and own? And then what do they need to let go of that they can delegate? And then who do they delegate that to and how do they manage that? So those are, those are big questions, I think, that a lot of people have. Well, you know? those are big questions that a lot of times they don't even get asked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just assume it's going to work. And yeah. um, let's talk about, as part of that, let's talk about change. How often... Should you try to sit back and look to see what can I be doing differently in this business? Well, I don't know. I mean, some people actually have a a schedule that they do that. You know, they might have like the first week of the month. um, They do a lot of planning, and that's the time that they, they really do that. Some people do it with their feet up 
uh, with their laptop and a big glass of iced tea on their deck. Mm -hmm. And some people do it at Hilton Head at a big retreat. You know, uh, I go to Italy once a year, and that's pretty fun. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think it's I think it depends on the business and depends on the person. Mm -hmm. I think there's really something as to be a business owner that you have to step back and step aside and really put the eagle eyes on and, like, look from a different perspective and ask questions. You know, um, so I, I don't know. I think, you know, big businesses certainly have their structures in place to be able right. to do that. And I think that the entrepreneur, it's something that, you know, I worked with a coach once. And one of the best pieces of advice that she ever gave me, I just said, I'm so busy. I just never take the time to think of it. She said, get your calendar out right now. I'm like, okay. And she said, I want you to schedule 30 minutes in your calendar. And I carry one of these and just put in it think time. Hmm. And to do that three times a week when you can actually do that and you schedule thinking. And that was actually quite good. The, the trick then is to make sure that I follow what's in my daytime. Sure. <laughs> you know? Sure. Well, that's, that's a, we're, we're, we're also unbelievably busy, it seems, that we lose the forest to the trees. Yeah. It's easy to do that, especially when you're having fun doing what you're doing. Yeah. It's like, ooh, I didn't manage. It's like, oh, I forgot to pay those bills. Oh, yeah, I forgot to get this done. You know, and the cat needs food and things well, this, like that. Well, this, this ability you mentioned to kind of check the ego and kind of step back and look, is that a um, is that a, a skill that you can learn or is that something that's just innate to people? And But if – is how do you – how do you identify if I'm not doing that? Um, you know, do I have to put the old hammer to my own head to to make me figure all this out, or someone else you, might put it to you? If you don't put it to yourself, I don't know. But I do think that it's a learned skill. You know, I think planning is, you know, management 101. I mean, it's one of the first things that if you took a management course anywhere, it's about planning and what are all the elements of planning. So you can learn planning. And I think there are some people that are just planners. I'm like in the moment. I'm kind of like, let's rock and roll. Let's go. Um, it, you know, it's like, okay, I go to Italy every year. And then I have to remind myself and say, I've got to buy a plane ticket. Gee, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's right. important. That's part of the planning, you know. So I think that there are stages to building a business. And um, I teach a class, actually, that's called Reinvent Yourself as an Entrepreneur. Right. And uh, it's really designed for smart people. But being an entrepreneur takes a different mindset. It's not so much the skills are different, but the mindset is somewhat different. Um and I think, you know, there's different stages to reinventing yourself as an entrepreneur and becoming an entrepreneur. And the first one is planning and thinking and strategizing. And I think many people skip that and go right into the doing. Like, I'm just going to go, like, want to buy my product, want to buy my product, want to buy my service. I can't wait to tell you about my service. And they haven't really thought about what does their service look like? How many people do they want to impact? What's the impact that they want to bring to the world? Um, you know, what are the problems that they want to solve? Mm -hmm. How do they find, you know, they don't take the time to really sit and think. So I think when we can work with people in that area and really help them develop, which is also part of their business plan. So if they were to create a business plan and they wanted to go get funding, they've got that. And, you know, we provide something that's, you know, I mean, there's the Better Business Bureau that does stuff, but it's like, they're not going to talk with half the people on the planet that need that kind of stuff. They mm -hmm. have a certain, they know who their target market is. Probably not the same target market that I work with. Now the, but I'll help them get ready for that. Yeah. Now, you mentioned the, the mindset of an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, 
I, I guess you've seen a lot of folks or small business people, entrepreneurs. <laughs> um, what do you see as the top one or two traits that you really have to have to be a successful entrepreneur? I was just having this conversation with people yesterday. I think there's two things that you want to put on that resume. <laughs> the ability to tolerate ambiguity. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think um, some comfort with living on the skinny branches. <laughs> you know, um, I always say it's, uh, it's not for the faint-hearted. And I think if you have a real desire for, if you have a big need for security, um, you know, it's something to really make sure that you've got those places in check before you leap. Because I think, in my opinion, just my opinion, I think a lot of people make the leap to entrepreneurship too quickly, mm -hmm. and they haven't really gotten their stuff in place. You know, I, I've been very fortunate to have really good jobs. I mean, I've done well, mm -hmm. and um, but I never had control over my income. Uh, you know, I was a six-figure headhunter and, you know, did a lot of things, and um, I never could control when the client would pay their bill, mm -hmm. even though I had an agreement, even though I had a signed agreement, even though it was a net, however many days it was, you know, you still have to work with people and people are ultimately the ones that are going to write that check. So if I looked at my annual salary, which I think many people would say the same thing, they could look at their annual salary and they would have this really great month or they would have, it would look really good, but there wasn't any consistency or predictability in their income. I mm -hmm. knew what my fees were, so mm -hmm. I could predict that. But if the client didn't want to pay for the controller or the CFO that I placed, and they wanted to wait until payroll and benefits was met, then I was on the... You were their creditor. Yeah. Right. We, we ate a lot of, cat, of crumbs and cat food some months. Well, and that's a... Um, I, I, I've got my own ideas, but you talk about uh, tolerate ambiguity. I kind of like that a lot. Uh, explain that a little bit. Well, you know, it, it's like nothing is the way it is. It, it just is the way it is. Um, and we all have intentions of what things should be like, want them to be like, and then they show up as they are. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I, I wrote a newsletter article today about bringing joy to your business, even when it, you don't feel like, smiling or you don't feel like it's like what could you do to bring joy you know um because we're in control of our attitude that's the that one sound, thing that we that sounds like an oxymoron to me joy in business yeah a lot of people would say that they think oh it's like oh my god sweat hard work i have a blast with what i do not every minute believe right. me but it's like if i look at if people would describe and say how's your business you know it's really fun i have fun with people it's fun creating success um and uh, <clears throat> so, you know, ambiguity, I think, is just being able to go with the flow, you know, and it's not always hard and fast and steady and whatever. And you've got to be able to have some bendability, malleability to be able to, I think, cope with that. That's a good point. And then the entrepreneur, uh, when they deal with ambiguity and change and all this stuff hits you in the face, uh, typically there's also a, an impact in the old checking account, too. Where in the corporate world, if you're on a nice salary, you don't feel that. You right. have certainly have to deal with change, but you don't hit. You don't feel it in the checking account necessarily. Yeah, I think you know. There's the intrinsic benefits and the extrinsic benefits, and um, you know, I can remember working as you know with with many like the brick and mortar businesses, your traditional business, but we're very entrepreneurial in nature. 
that they didn't have a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I remember one of the major companies in the computer industry that I work with up in New England, I mean, they were, part of their mission was that everyone here works with everyone. Mm-hmm. No one works for anyone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Another company would say, oh, no, no. I mean, they're really the lines of commander are very there. So it's like if you're somebody that came from this environment to this environment and you've got to really adapt. So I think being adapting and being um, attuned, you know, really looking at, you know, when I was a kid, we had this great toy. It was called Mrs. and Mr. Potato Head. Oh, okay. Remember those? Oh, absolutely. They had eyes all over their head. And yeah, you could man. Stick the eye over here. And, you know, it's kind of like I feel like Mrs. Potato Head sometimes in order to manage my business. That's, yeah. Uh, this is On the Money brought to you by Embassy National Bank. I'm your moderator, Joe Moss, and we're talking to Marie Fratoni about, uh, boy, a lot of great issues that she's seen in terms of coaching uh, entrepreneurs as well as small business people. Um, Marie, you mentioned uh, in our show prep that, um, let me pull back this note that I made. Um, you mentioned there, there are certain businesses or people that have felt like they have plateaued and you try to help them get out of that and move to the next level. So, um, what are some of the strategies there? How do you, how would you, how would you, how do you know if you've plateaued? Um, when is it time to kind of back up and say, wait a minute, I've plateaued. I got to think of something else. I think people will know. I mean, it, it, I think people will know if they if they looked at their earning history, you know, and they watched and said, well, you know, business did this amount or the revenue was this amount, this amount, this amount, and it was pretty consistent. You know, they might say, you know, is this all there is? Um, sometimes having a fresh eye look at it and really understanding where somebody wants to go with not just their. I mean, I think most people create a business because they want a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And um, if they're not living their lifestyle while they're doing their business and they're just again, that hamster on the cage, you know, on the wheel, um, there's something that's really missing. But sometimes, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've worked in a lot of different channels and a lot of different industry vertical markets, so I understand a lot of things. And so sometimes I can just see that, and I can see if somebody built their business up here, there could probably be something that they could easily do to make a switch or to make a connection. Mm-hmm. They may not see it because I think we all operate with what we know. And then we we do what it is that we know. And then when you work with somebody that knows exponentially either more or different, then and you engage in that conversation, it's like, wow, there's a whole other thing possible. Um, So, you know, part of it, you you don't understand why somebody's plateaued. You know, it could be that their business isn't, they can't scale at all um, or they're burnt out. Uh, They they can't possibly take on another client, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're, if they're doing any kind of physical work, their body just gives out. They can only see X amount of people. You know, like a dentist can only see X amount of people per day. Um, so, you know, I think it's... it's That's why they make young dentists, though. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think people can look at maybe they've built a business here, but there's a new aspect to their market. So they could actually build a whole new market. Mm-hmm. Um they could actually build another market, you know, and start to really grow this way. Sometimes it's their pricing is really off. And it's just a a tweak of their pricing that what if they were to actually deliver more, charge more, create a different package around it, and make sure that their pricing was consistent with what's being like the norm in the 
in the world. We used to always say as a headhunter, the market is efficient. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to, I mean, a teacher's going to make a teacher's wage and a, an accountant's going to make an accountant's wage. Um, and every now and then it skews a little bit, but it's pretty much on the money. On the money. On the money. Hey, look at that. <laughs> uh, my brilliancy. <laughs> so I, th- I think, you know, there's a lot of ways to really look at why somebody's plateaued. And sometimes they're plateaued because they just don't know where else to go. They've, they've, they've done what they know how to do. They're looking at really saying, should I hang it up? It's not enough. It's not enough to really put my kids through college or, you know, make sure that my daughter or son has a car to get around. And they're really looking at that's why they're doing those things. And and sometimes by working with somebody that's knowledgeable in those markets, it's just like it's like taking a, the window and just open it up and letting all the fresh air in. And they're like, oh, my God, I never thought of that. You know, it's great. Well, We've talked in the past about uh, the need for for uh, just about every entrepreneur mm-hmm. to have a trusted advisor, uh, whether they be uh, a handful of people or whether it just be one person that kind of you can just bounce things off of. Um, you know, in in the corporate world, I guess they call that a used to call that a board of directors, but I don't know that that functions like that anymore. But um, you know, it, it, it is very important for someone to be able to pull back and say, wait a minute, what am I doing here? What am I doing? What can I do better? And, you know, that's a skill set that just goes, that is a completely different skill set than the skill or passion that may have gotten you to start your business. Yeah. Um, so if you don't have that skill set, I think it's, uh, you need to, Maybe talk to some people on the outside that uh, um, that maybe can help you that you trust and, and can advise you on which way to go. You know, we deal a lot with um, uh, hotels and hotel owners, and uh, we're in an interesting time right now because uh, revenues are really high. A lot of people are staying at hotels. Um, price valuations are really high. Um, and th- the question is, what do I do? But if I'm so entrenched in booking in that guest, making sure the bed's done and all those things, maybe I'm losing sight of the fact that it might be a good time to sell. Um, it might be a good time to uh, maybe buy another hotel if I find one that's faltering. So I think it's real important to kind of have the skill and the knowledge to back away for a minute and look at it from a, a top level standpoint. It's very wise. I think most professional people that are really in the success game, I mean, there's a lot of professional people that aren't necessarily playing for success. Mm-hmm. They're playing and they're, they're playing their skills. But I think it's just like an athlete. You can't find a professional athlete that doesn't have a coach or doesn't have a team working around Even LeBron them. has a coach. Yes. <laughs> and, and they have a team that does everything. If you look at the kids that just uh, played on American Idol, right. they have a whole team. They start with their basic inherent skill of singing or not singing, whatever that is. And then they've got people that dress them, that coach them, that do the PR, that, you know, help them to answer questions or how to look at the stage and how to be present on stage and work with the press. And I mean, it's it's like it's a big production. And I think even Tiger Woods has a swing coach. Yeah. I mean, truthfully. And so, you know. I remember um, I've actually had the opportunity to work with some of the Olympic athlete coaches mm-hmm. and coach the coaches, which was great fun um, through Emory uh, a few years back when we had the Olympics here in 96. And um, so even the coaches had coaches. Mm. And um, 
I think what happens is when, when people are interested in success as a, the distinction success, um, people know when they're on track and when they're off track. Uh, if sometimes they have people in their family or their friends or whatever that can really say, I think you're off track and I think I might know somebody that can help you. My friend uh, has named my team called the Marie team. It's mm-hmm. like my board of directors. They're not a board of directors. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the women's group that I run, it's not It's not a nonprofit. It's not a 501c3. I probably will service mark the group um, uh, this year. But it, we have different people that play different roles in it. Because I can't, if I'm trying to play just me, 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 I'm going to be exhausted, wiped out. out, burnt out, and then I'm no good to anybody. Right. So I need to have that support structure to be able to, you know, rise above whatever. Because, you know, there's one thing that's on the planet that's very constant, and that's called gravity. Yeah. And, you know, the Hawks are playing a gravity game tonight. That's right. Know? So yeah. it's, uh, you um, know. The, um We've only got another couple minutes here, but I do want to spend a little time on uh, an organization you founded called the Women's Professional Development Network. Um, it's called WPDN, and um, what, who is it for? What does it do? It's for any professional woman of any age that wants to up-level their career. Mm-hmm. So uh, today it's a mix of entrepreneurs and corporate women. Um, that really want to have an environment to grow and to build relationships and to share, you know, and to to learn. It's an environment, a good think tank for women uh, where they can come and get educational programs, have a great meal at the Capitol Grill, Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, you know, be served well and be in an environment that is a successful environment. Sometimes it's hard to know what success is until you've seen it. True. And uh, if you hear someone talk about it, maybe you might learn something, huh? Yeah. Right. So we always have an educational program with a professional speaker, and uh, people have an opportunity to get up and share what it is that they do. So we have some different programs, some formal, and we have members and we have non-members who come. And um, this is our fifth year. We just celebrated our fifth birthday in January. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's going strong, and we've uh, had it in multiple locations, and and we're getting ready to, you know, expand. How many with how many that. members do you have now? We have about sixty five uh, wow. official members. Wow. Um, and we probably have about maybe around fifty people that come every month to our regular uh, luncheon that we have. Speaking of which, when's the next regular luncheon? The next luncheon is going to be on Wednesday, May twenty seventh. We okay. typically meet on the last Wednesday of each month, okay. and then we have other events around that. But that's our key, the major event. Okay. Um, it sounds like a good group. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we don't want to talk about gender things, but, um, I can tell you, uh, you know, the men seem to do a real good job getting together at the clubs and everything, but the ladies don't. I'm glad you're doing that. I really am. Yeah. It's like you say, say, you know, part of business is you find a need in the marketplace and you fill it. Well, that sounds like a, uh, a labor of passion, a labor of love for you, as opposed to something that you just want to try to make some money off of. Actually, it's actually um, and not it, for profit. I would think. Yeah, yeah. it's not. It's not te- typically that. Um, the event is is self sustaining. It pays the assistants to run it and put all the postings and take care of that. It pays for the door prizes and the prizes, the gifts for the speakers. Um, but there, this will probably be a year that we could monetize um, the event more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really the community contribution arm of Get Absolutely. Clients Everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah, that's how it really Absolutely. is. Um, well, listen. 
listen, um, Murray, this has been a good, a very good conversation. Uh, some of the traits that you mentioned about how to uh, the, that of a successful entrepreneur, uh, I thought you were right on with those. And one of the things that, that I've seen is, my goodness, a successful entrepreneur has very, very little fear. Uh, they just jump at it and put fear in the back seat, you know, and um, I admire that. I really do admire that. It'd um, be a great name for an article, Put Fear in the Back Seat. There you go. I like that. <laughs> um, By Joe Moss. Um, well, that's a good idea. Thanks. <laughs> Well, I'm getting coached here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, you've been listening to On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. I'm your um, moderator, Joe Moss, and we've been talking with Marie Fratoni. And uh, she uh, has a company called Get Clients Everywhere. And because of her background, she has been able to develop this uh, real nice business of helping coach people, uh, business owners, individuals on how to do the right thing and what to do next. I guess is the best way I could uh, say that. And uh, um, so, Marie, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you. It's a okay. great conversation. Yeah. And um, well, anyway, this is uh, uh, on the money. And uh, as I say each week uh, or each time, we'll see you next time. And based on uh, Marie's suggestion, all you small business owners put fear in the back seat. So we'll see you next time. And, Marie, thank you very much. My pleasure.